on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Here's the stretch in his 0-2 pitch. He struck out Brandon Belt and the ball game is over. 5-2 the final. The Brewers have taken the first three from the Giants here in San Francisco. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee. With Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. Another day, another Brewers victory over the Giants. They secure a series victory against San Francisco. They also secure a winning road trip. They do that after losing the first two games of the trip against Minnesota. All going well. They are 30 games over 500. Their lead in the division, it just continues to grow and grow and grow as they continue to be absolutely en route to winning the division. The Brewers uh, now have a ten-and-a-half game lead over the Cincinnati Reds. That is the tie, that's tied for the largest divisional lead in the history of the Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome into the program. 5-2, Brewers get the win. We've got you until 2 o'clock in the morning. Staying up late, getting up early, whatever you might be doing, we're here for you. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We've got the news in two minutes, and then we're going to really start rolling with this thing. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Bases loaded. Pitch. Line drive. Base hit right field. One run scores. Here comes Narvaez towards the plate. The throw from Bryant. Offline. It's 2-0 Milwaukee on a two-run single by Lorenzo Kane. Good character win for the Brewers tonight. 5-2. They get out to a 2-0 lead. They deal with some adversity when Brett Anderson comes out. San Francisco ties it up in the fifth. Feels like they've got all the momentum, and then they are able to uh, push across a run in the seventh. They get two add-on runs in the ninth, and they win 5-2. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. We are with you at 1.05 in the morning. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. And Augie, I just, what do you say about this team at this point? They've taken the first three games uh, against this Giants team, and they're, they're just finding ways to win on an every-night basis. For Jace Peterson to come up with that big hit in the seventh inning, it's, just, it's a different guy seemingly every day who's coming up with really big moments for this club. And I think the one thing we're seeing on this ball club, especially in the last month, is, you know, the good at-bats that they have from the sixth inning on. We always talk about going out and, and being able to, to know the strike zone and, and give good at-bats. This ball club over the last month or so, especially since All-Star break, when you get late in the ball game, you need a run. They've been really been able to give you some good at-bats. Tonight, it was a great at-bat by Chase Peterson. Really was behind in the count. Got a ball up and was able to go the opposite way to give the Brewers the lead. And Lorenzo came, Lorenzo Kane comes up with the big home run in the ninth inning to pad the lead a little bit and then the base hit by Adamas. But this ball club, you talk about what they've been doing. They've been scoring runs with two outs. Early in the ball game, uh, Kane comes up, two outs, gets a big base hit to right field in the second, in the second inning. They go up two to nothing. They've been able to get leads against a very good ball club and allow their pitching to take over. It's really been, uh, this series been a, uh, probably you would say that it's 
scoring early and then holding the holding off the the Giants' good offensive ball club has been the story of the series so far. Yeah, and you look at the pitching. Justin Topa is still trying to get it together, and we saw how good he could be last year. He was up a little bit earlier this year. It didn't go great for him. They sent him back down for him to pitch a little bit more on a schedule and a routine at AAA. They were hoping that he would able to be uh, come back, and we'll see what happens with him moving forward. You know what he can be, but he's coming back for a pretty major injury. It might still take him a little while, but Hunter Strickland, Daniel Norris, Brad Boxber, Jake Cousins for a second straight day pitched himself into trouble and then pitches himself out of trouble with two big strikeouts. Josh Hader finishing it off uh, the in a really tough situation where Brent Anderson only gives you two innings after being smoked by a line drive in the shoulder. Uh, this bullpen once again just does a fantastic job. As they continually do, Strickland has just been uh, been doing phenomenal. You know, you talk about that guy who is the second that is the short man off the starter. It looked like lately it's been Hunter Strickland. He's been able to come into games and give you that one and two innings where he shuts the team down, and then it allows the other guys to take over. Norris threw the ball very well tonight. And I'll tell you what, Cousins, it was interesting. Just the other night he had, he goes in and he gets himself out of a tough jam. And after the game, I watched an interview with uh with Craig Council, he said it was a great learning experience. And to watch that, that eighth inning with him in the game and going through what very similar what he did the other night, he just kept calm, he kept his poise on the mound, and really made some big pitches to get out of that inning. That's a great experience. That's only going to give him confidence and help him help this ball club as the season goes along. Yeah, how important Augie is because they you – know, Obviously, Devin Williams was down tonight. They they very easily could have put Cousins in the seventh inning spot or even put him in the sixth inning spot and moved everybody back. But instead, they kept Boxberger in the seventh inning, and they had Cousins cover the eighth inning. Uh, that's How important is it for him to have these type of experiences, trial by fire here, really in his first run in the big leagues, to just experience these moments to try to help get him ready for what it's like to pitch in the postseason. Yeah, I like the idea of the other night, him being, uh, the night before having a, a little bit of trouble, fighting himself out of it, and then the Brewers, then the Brewers bring him right back again tonight and I, I think that's so important when you get that opportunity to get in there and you feel successful he made a lot of different pitches we haven't seen a changeup from him a lot this year tonight he threw several changeups he made some good pitches with his fastball up that slide to his big pitch but I'll tell you what the better he commands that changeup and that fastball is just going to make him just that much better in the role he that that he was in tonight. I think he's the type of guy that they would like to get him in a situation where he can be that that guy that if a guy has to have a day's rest or a day off or whatever it is, that they can stick him in a tough situation and he's going to rise to the occasion. And uh, lately he's been throwing the ball very well. I'm going to do an I told you so for, for folks listening, uh, a certain contingent of, uh, of folks, because, and I'm not always right. I'm not always right, and I got no problem admitting when I'm wrong, but on these type of things, I do tend to be correct. 
uh, because of the track record of the Brewers when they bring guys in. When the Brewers bring in relief pitchers, very often they struggle when they first get to the Brewers. The Brewers get their hands on them. They make some adjustments with them. They help them find their best self, and eventually they are throwing really important innings and being incredibly effective. So when Daniel Norris and John Curtis first showed up to the Brewers and neither one of them was pitching very well, and we're getting the phone calls, we're getting the text, we're getting the tweets. What are these guys doing? Get them off the team. Oh, D- David Stearns doesn't miss very often, but he missed on these guys. And I'm sitting there saying, no, they're going to be fine. This is just part of the process when a relief pitcher joins this organization. Well, I was right, and I'm always going to be right on this one. It's happening again. I promise you, if John Curtis would not have gotten injured, if he was pitching right now for the Brewers, it would be the exact same thing. He would have gotten himself together. For Daniel Norris, he's now at five straight uh, appearances without giving up a run. Augie, this is just what happens. Guys come in as relief pitchers. They struggle for a little while, and eventually they lock in. I really like what the Brewers do. You know, they get them in situation. They test them in different styles of situation. Craig always tries to put someone in to be successful. That's that's number one goal that he always tries. But he they put them in situations, and then they learn. They understand their style. And I think once they get an idea of what their temperament is, what they like to pitch, and what they do well, they take what they do well and they grow on that. They make that grow and say hey, you have a good fastball, good, you locate the ball well, and then you build from there. I, that's what I think the Brewers do an excellent job with all their pitches is find out what you do well, make it better, and everything else will follow suit. And they've done that, and you've seen it with Norris coming in where he struggled now five straight outings with uh, throwing the ball very well, like you just said. But Cousins is making a big difference. He came in throwing that little slider and then a sweeping slider. Now he kind of uses both. But he's also starting to pitch with his fastball, locating the fastball. Uh, you saw in that eighth inning where I believe he was facing Belt or someone. I don't remember the exact hitter, but you saw Navaris behind the plate, really wanting him to get elevate that ball, elevate the ball up in the zone. And what did he do? He got that ball up in the zone, he threw the slider down and struck him out. Good pitching, using what you do very well, make it better, but you got to add the other things to your game to make your make your sequences fit in perfectly what you, with what you want to accomplish. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Another good win for the Brewers. We keep saying that. It's an everyday sort of thing, seemingly, that the Brewers just keep picking up not just wins, but good wins. I guess all wins are good, but there's been some pretty uh, special things about some of these wins here recently for the crew. Back with more in just a moment here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Here it is. Struck him out looking, throw him a breaking ball right down the middle. Yastrzemski could do nothing but stare at it. Norris puts up a zero in the bottom of the sixth. 5-2 victory for the Brewers. They knock off the Giants. Another good day for uh, Lorenzo Cain. A note on uh, a few notes on Lorenzo Cain from our uh, friend. We say friend because we like his Twitter account. From our friend Doug Kern. Lorenzo Cain, second Brewers better ever, ever to have a homer and two stolen bases in a game against the Giants. The only other one, uh, Eric Young Sr., April of 2003. 
Lorenzo Cain, first Brewers batter ever to have two hits, two runs scored, and two stolen bases uh, in a game against the Giants. The last against any team was Christian Yelich against the uh, Pirates in June of 2019. Uh, Lorenzo Cain, first Brewers batter to hit a home run in consecutive team games, both in San Francisco, since Ryan Braun did it in July of 2011. So he's doing some things that uh, Brewers hitters haven't done a lot of. And with that, we go to uh, the text messages. Uh, Doug texting in and says, uh, love Lorenzo Cain in the eighth spot. Perfect for him. Like having another leadoff man there with some power. Leave him there. We got a text about this at Brew Crew Scott asking, are you happy with low, how low Cain is being used? His timely hitting, fielding, and base running makes it tempting to move him up the lineup. What a great dilemma. Augie, I don't know about you, but I, I'm team Doug on this one. I, I'm, I'm, the way I've always been, like, if something's working, I tend to just stick with it. Uh, I try to fix things that are not working. I don't try to use things that are working and go do something different with it. Lorenzo Cain's been really good in the eight spot. Leave him there. Like, there's no reason to futz around with that. You're, you're in good shape. So I, I like him in the eighth spot. I think Doug makes the good point. You know, this is kind of why uh, we, we've seen in the past, and the, the Brewers aren't going to do this, but we see at times where a pitcher hits eighth because you get, like, that secondary leadoff hitter. But I like the guy who can get on base in the eighth spot. If nothing else, you've got the pitcher there who can move him over. Also a little bit of pop, so if some guys get on in front of him, he can come up with a big hit. Like, it, there's a lot of reasons that, uh, that that Lorenzo Cain fits in the eighth spot. It's the same thing when Christian Yelich was struggling earlier this year, and the focus was on where can you put him to make it work. We at times mentioned the eighth spot; it never happened, but kind of for the same reasons. A lot of those same skill sets that Cain has, Yelich has, and you're thinking maybe it could work there. But I love Lorenzo Cain in the eighth spot. I don't think I don't think hitting in the eighth spot means you're a bad hitter. I think it means that you've got a really deep lineup and you're utilizing him in a very good kind of way. Well, I, I think the one thing when we look at Lorenzo Cain, as we talk to him, is he's such a great outfielder, one of the best outfielders in all of baseball. you got to say that on the offensive side, he's so versatile. He can hit anywhere, actually, in your lineup, and he's proven that. He can hit at the top of the lineup, be a guy, leadoff style guy, get on base, steal bases. He can hit in that third slot, drive runs in, up the order. I think the eighth spot in, with some teams, and especially the Brewers' offense, the way it is constructed is an action is an action place to be in the lineup uh, you can be used as like you just said matt you can be a a second leadoff style guy you're a guy that can come up when the the guys in the fifth sixth and seventh spot get on base and and drive them in but yet you can create things in an inning uh at that at that spot i i really like lorenzo there just like you do i think he's proven that that he is a valuable uh, in that spot, he's come up with some big hits. You look what he did tonight. He had three RBIs and, and got the uh, team going in the second inning. I just think that when you got a guy like Lorenzo Cain, who's so versatile, who really gives you those good at-bats, able to hit the ball for power, hit the ball the opposite way, that spot is an action spot for, for the Brewers, and it's really paid off because you put a, Lorenzo Cain there, he's proven that it, it really has benefited the ball club. And look at tonight, it scored like several runs for him. Think about the depth of this lineup. So you don't have Eduardo Escobar available. You don't have Tyrone Taylor available. Uh, those are two guys on the injured list. Colton Wong is given a day off today. 
and you still have a lineup that includes Jace Peterson in the leadoff spot. He's your second baseman. You're still able to utilize Luis Urias at third base. For the Brewers specifically to not have Colton Wong or Eduardo Escobar in the lineup today, one guy getting a day off, the other guy uh, on the injured list, and to still put up a lineup where I think I think that is a dangerous lineup today, one through eighth, when you go Peterson, Adamas, Yelich, Garcia, Nervias, Urias, Telez, uh, and Kane. That's a I like that lineup. I do. I do like it from top to bottom. And, you know, I think what it really makes that lineup is the, is the job that Peterson has been doing. And he's just been outstanding, getting on base, uh, and either by base hit, walk, he's hitting almost 280 now. Uh, I think putting him in that lead spot when you give Colton Wong a day off is 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 a good spot for him. He's one of those guys that's proving now that he's going to give you a good, solid at-bat. He's not a guy who strikes out a lot. He puts the ball in play or he gets walks and he can steal bases and uh, a good spot for him. But I, I, like you, like that lineup they had today. And I do like Adamas in that second spot and Yelly going from there. But uh, uh, this ball club, when you look at this bat, at this lineup, as the game goes along, each and every night, they give you better and better and better at bats, and they come up with big sco- with big runs late in the game if needed. And I'll tell you what, it's really proving to be a fun offensive team to watch. And uh, they just continue each and every night to put up good numbers. And every once in a while, you're going to run into a good pitching pitcher. But I'll tell you what, pretty much what we've seen from this ball ball club, no matter who they play, they've been able to put up some runs. People know that Jace Peterson has been playing well. The numbers I'm about to give you might even surprise you on how well he has been playing. If you go back to August 11th, so that's about the last three weeks' worth of baseball, he has appeared in 19 games, including tonight, since August 11th. In those 19 games, he is hitting 417. He has a 533 on base, and he's got a 1,096 OPS. That's... That's remarkable to do that over a 19-game period. Those are big numbers. And, you know, he's just he's in a comfort zone. He's seen the ball well. He's got a lot of confidence. Uh, he's getting the opportunity to play a lot of different positions and stay, stay playing games. And uh, I, if there's, a, if there's a, a one, of these, one of these guys that you, you say, well, you know, you're looking for somebody to step up and, and give you a good year, I, I'll tell you, Chase Peterson has to be that unsung hero of this ball club. Absolutely. And it's getting to a point where it's not so unsung that we're, we're sitting here and we're, we are singing That's the right. praises of a Jace Peterson because of what he's doing. You can't ignore the numbers he's putting up. Brewers get a win in San Francisco 5-2. They've taken the first three games of a four-game series. They are going to look for a four-game series sweep uh, in the finale coming up on Thursday afternoon. More about that. We'll also discuss the uh, starting pitching uh, today from the Brewers as Brett Anderson once again has just some really bad luck as he takes a line drive off the shoulder and has to come out after a couple innings. Uh, Also, we'll continue to hear from you on the uh, AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air this is Brewers Extra Innings this is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ the pitch line drive into left field that's going to get down for a base hit Kane will waltz home Bradley stops it second and Jace Peterson gives the Brewers a 3-2 lead with a two-out RBI single here in the top of the seventh inning that's the hit of the game 
right there. That's it. 5-2. Brewers get the win over San Francisco. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Want to join us? 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well. At Matt Pauly on air. Jerry in the Dells texting in says, uh, so many great, timely, important wins this season. Where does this one rank? I'm just enjoying thoroughly the journey. So much fun. Augie, I, I have a hard time ranking some of the, uh, you know, I, there's, there's a handful of games that you really look back on, and, and sometimes they're the more unlikely wins, and the Brewers are able to come back and get, I think, when, they're, when the win is more unlikely. I don't think this game was ever an unlikely victory. Obviously, the Giants had some momentum when they tied it up at uh, two apiece, but they didn't have a big lead or anything. So it's hard for me to answer that question from Jerry of where this one ranks, but I, it does just continue to show the absolute character of this team, and you never know who it's going to be. And there you have Jace Peterson in the leadoff spot, so Colton Wong can get the day off, and it's Peterson who ends up coming up with that big hit. You know, the way this ball club looks at it, the next day is the most important game, and I, you've got to like the way that their approach is. They, they totally understand that they're playing a great ball club in, in the San Francisco Giants, but yet they want to go out and win this series. That's why they... Uh, that's why they're on the road playing in in San Francisco. Uh, but th- this team just goes out and plays so well. I, I don't know if this team is anything more than any other game. I'm sure there's a lot of games that we could go back and say, boy, that was a great ball game or that was an important game. Uh, we just had a, cu- we had a couple in the last couple weeks that we'd probably say, you know, this is a big game and got him going again. But, you know, they're going out and playing consistent baseball. And the one thing that amazes me, Matt, is against the NL West, which is supposed to be, everybody said that this was the Cinderella division in all of baseball, the Brewers are 23-8. and eight. I, I just find that amazing. And when you got a, with a division with the Dodgers, San Diego, and, uh, and of course the Giants who have uh, two, of the, two of the best records in all of baseball, to be 23-8, and eight, that means you're going out and playing good, solid baseball. And that's exactly what this Brewer Ball Club is doing. Winning season series as well. They they took the season series from the Padres. They've now taken the season series from the Giants. So far, they've taken three of four against the Dodgers. They'll play the final three games of the year against the Dodgers. We'll see if those games matter for either team uh, at that point in time. Brett Anderson gets the start tonight, Augie. I thought I, I thought he he was doing what he wanted to do. And then he gets hit by a line drive in the shoulder. And you talk about a guy who is snake bit when it comes to injuries. You give him a lot of credit for finding a way to stay in there. I mean, he was smoked off the shoulder. And then he comes out after that. And it just feels like if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a guy that more often than not is going to give you five innings and keep you in the game and, and on occasion do more than that. But it, it's just, you know, you don't blame him for getting hit on a line drive. But at the same time, it just kind of continues a trend of some really bad luck for him. When he's healthy and he can pitch, he gives you that veteran look, that typical uh, veteran left-handed look where he can really command that outside part of play with his fastball and his chip. Now he's been able to use a little bit of a cutter on the inside part of play along with his breaker ball. And even a two-seam or four-seam fastball up in his zone has been a big pitch for him. And uh, the big thing with him is staying healthy. I think he's a style of guy that when you you look for a big game, and there's been several times when the Brewers needed a big game from from him, and he's really stepped up to the 
to the plate and pitched very well. Tonight just got a ball over to uh, over the plate and the ball hit it back up the middle. There are sometimes, Matt, when the ball comes up the middle, you cannot adjust. You just have to do react the best you can. And tonight, I thought I thought that was the only way tactically that he could react is try to turn away from it a little bit so it wouldn't hurt him, get him in the up, uh, get him in the head area. But uh, those things happen. He is snake bitten, but, but I'll tell you, the one thing is when he's healthy, he can be very good. Text message from the 414. Do we think that Craig Council will start using a defensive replacement for Avi Garcia in late innings? I don't know if that's going to happen during the regular season. You're, I'm not trying to discount any of these single games. I, uh, these games don't matter just in the sense of there's no like must-win games at this point for the Brewers as they continue to be en route to a division title. So I, I don't think you're doing that. But, Augie, we've, we've talked a lot over the last few days about whether or not there is a spot for Jackie Bradley Jr. on a potential playoff roster. If, if the Brewers have a one- or two-run lead, it's a low-scoring game, they're into the eighth, they're into the ninth innings in the playoffs – I would have to assume that in those situations you're going to see Kane in center field and probably JBJ playing right field. It's always dangerous because if if the opposition scores a run or two and ties the game up and it goes to extra innings or something, all of a sudden you don't have Garcia's bat in the lineup. But I would think that in the postseason there is a good chance that all tight games towards the end of the game will feature a lineup arrangement uh, of Kane and JBJ, assuming JBJ. BJ's on the playoff roster. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you in that part that when you get into the postseason, it's when you get late in the ball games and you got to lead. Defense plays such an important role. And when you look at the outfield, the outfielders that Lorenzo Cain are and JBJ are, uh, you just you, you just make yourself just that much better. I, I could see it in the postseason. I don't think we'll like you just said. We'll see it during the season, but a possibility in the postseason or maybe a couple times. Before we get the postseason, you could see JBG maybe playing a little bit of right field, giving uh, giving Avi a, a day off or two. So that is interesting. That's a great great point. And I, I think when you talk about great council, it's all about the defensive side, being strong on the defensive side. And I think that would be a, a, a part where he probably would be looking. Speaking of Craig Council, we'll get the post-game comments from the Brewers skipper. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 1-2 pitch is a call third strike. Fastball at 96 on the outer edge. And a 1-2-3 inning for Hunter Strickland. His second strikeout of this contest. Brewers get the win. They knock off the San Francisco Giants 5-2. They've taken the first three games. So to tomorrow, or technically later on today, it is a Scott Warris gravy day, which means myself and Greg Hill and who knows who else, if the Brewers win coming up uh, this afternoon, we will all be receiving gifts of gravy. Uh, do you get high water uh, gifts, uh, Greg, from, from Scott Warris? Do you mean like qual- high quality or... No, so when the Brewers hit a new high water mark in terms of above 500, he always sends me a gif of like some type of water with the high water thing. I that's had to, just, that's I had to weasel my way into the uh, gravy text chain, so no, okay. I have not gotten high water text yet. All right, that's the next thing for you to to go after. Try to get high water because today is high water 30. High water 30. The team 
The team has never led the division by more than 10.5 games. They're at 10.5 right now, and they have never been more than 31 games over 500 at any point during a season. And if they win tomorrow, today, with a final, whatever you want to call it, uh, they'll be at 31 over. Uh, Manager Craig Council, speaking with the media just a little while ago, opened up his post-game comments talking about uh, how well his team did on what really turned into an impromptu bullpen day. Yeah, no, we really did. I mean, I think, um, you know, we're in game like nine, I think, of this stretch of, of 16 in a row. And so when you get in a situation with what happened to Brett tonight, it's, um, you know, it, it has to go kind of perfect and, and right. And a bunch of guys did a great job, you know, starting with Hunter Strickland, who's, you know, continues to just be, you know, kind of an unsung hero in, in, in the innings that he's pitching for us and what he's done. So he did a great job getting through two innings. And and then we, you know, guys just did their job. Danny Norris did a nice job. Um, you know, Jake Cousins threw a bunch of pitches last night and had to throw a bunch of pitches again because they had a couple of tough at-bats against him, but, but did a heck of a job. Craig, how scary was that moment? And were you surprised he was able to finish that inning? Well, I, th- I thought that, you know, he if there was, you know, the right after it happened was the best chance for him to probably keep going. Um, and then once once uh, he sat down, there was going to be no way he was going to probably be able to go back out there. Um, and that that was kind of the case. Uh, you know, I think he, he kind of knew it. And so he's just really sore right now. Um, but I but it's you know in the muscles, so it's just just sore, really really sore. Craig, I think you've said before that when something like that happens, it's that it's that first guy, right? It's Hunter that yeah. kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game. I mean, how much was that true again tonight to get two innings, two clean innings from him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think without that, um, you know, the game looks a lot different for just from my end of planning it. So it's. Um, you know, that we put the guy out there. We thought we could give us two innings. Um, and when he delivers it, you know, there's there's a path through the game that, that looks pretty good for us. So um, he, he did a nice job. He did a great job. You know, when you're going through the whole lineup, it's it's not really a matchup. With two innings, not really matchups. You just you got to get the guys out in front of you, and he and did a heck of a job with it. Hey, Craig, was, uh, after he got up in the ninth inning, I said, was Devin unavailable tonight? Yeah, yeah, he was. That was that's three days in a row, and so unfortunately, you know, you know that that's why every little thing in the game matters. You know, it's not, not the win's the win, but everything. You know, the the base hit with uh, that Wade guy, we had to get Devin ready for that for in case something happened, and that was three days in a row getting Devin hot, and we're not gonna go, we're not gonna do that and, and push guys at this point with what's going on. Craig, that said, do you think the last two days are sort of a step for Cousins? Well, I, I think I, I don't. I mean, Jake has pitched well, like extremely well. So, but I think putting him in these situations in this atmosphere um, has been really good for him. I thought last night was a great learning experience for him, and I thought tonight, you know, he he made a bunch of really good pitches tonight. Um, he uh, Estrada gave him a really tough at bat, a great at bat, frankly. Um, and um, but he kept making pitches, and so I thought he, you know, I thought 
the, the, the job is to just keep making pitches. Um, good hitters are going to spoil pitches, spoil good pitches. And the job is to kind of just keep, keep making your pitch. And I thought that's what he did tonight. Craig, one thing we've seen a lot in recent games is what a difference Lorenzo can make when he contributes on offense. You know, you missed him for so long this year. It's really, it's really helped your offense for him to come back and contribute like this. No, he's had a heck of a series offensively the last two days for sure. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it does. I mean, we we've getting contributions kind of up and down the lineup. Chase Peterson had another another really good night. I thought. I mean, it just is at bats. You know, we talk about. You know, Adam asked a question last night, and it's a good question. But I, I think Chase Peterson's our offense with Chase Peterson, and he's he's just a tough at bat every time up. Um, and he came through with um, two big hits tonight in in, in big spots. Anybody else? Craig, when Lowe hit that homer, could you guys see that it had deflected off the fan, or did that come from inside? No, we we went to replay it. It looked funny, but I didn't see it. That you know, I not I know uh, I, I I did not see it. No. Oh, you meant I don't know if you're on the you weren't in the Minnesota calls, but you know my eyes not not good. We talked about that. All right, that was asked in Minnesota. Todd asked that. Todd asked you about your eyes in Minnesota. No, Todd. Todd asked me if I could see a, whether a ball was fair or foul down the left field line. He said, "I." He said he saw the replay, but asked me if I could see it. And I'm like, "Well, if you couldn't tell on the replay, then my my eyes definitely couldn't see it." Ah, oh, those are the uh, those are the exchanges you get after a win more often than you get after after a loss. Just saying. That's good stuff. 5-2. Brewers get the win in San Francisco over the Giants. How did it all go down? We'll tell you the highlight segment. It's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 5-2. Brewers get the win over the Giants. Starting pitching matchup. Brett Anderson going for the crew. Kevin Gassman going for the Giants. It would be the Brewers who would strike first. It happens in the second inning. Uh, Visayo Garcia leads the inning off with a base hit. Then Omar Nervaez gets a single. That brings up Luis Urias. He walks, so the bases are loaded. Rowdy Telez is then at the plate. Hits kind of a humpback liner over to Wilmer Flores at third. Flores was positioned perfect. That's a ball that gets down sometimes. Had it gotten down, it probably would have been maybe a double for sure. Would have scored two runs. Instead, it's the first out. But never fear, the next hitter is Lorenzo Kane. Bases loaded. Pitch. Line drive, base hit right field. One run scores. Here comes Narvaez towards the plate. The throw from Bryant. Offline. It's 2-0 Milwaukee on a two-run single by Lorenzo Kane. Should be noted in the bottom of the second, Wilmer Flores leads the inning off with a base hit against Anderson, and then Brandon Crawford gets a single that just smokes Anderson. Anderson finds a way to stay in the game, and he gets out of the inning. Uh, that would be it. He would go two innings and would have to come out uh, after he got hit in the shoulder by a ball that was well over 100 miles per hour off the bat. So we go to the top of the third inning, and with one out, Christian Yelich at the plate. 1-1 pitch, bouncing ball, back up the middle and into center field. How about an 11-game hitting streak for Christian Yelich? 
Yeah, not bad. The hitting streak extended. No runs scored uh, for the Brewers in the third, but a hitting streak extended. Hunter Strickland comes on to pitch for the Brewers in the third inning. He puts up a zero in the third and the fourth. And then Justin Topa comes in in the fifth inning and uh, runs into a little bit of trouble. Uh, with one out, Alex Dickerson doubles. A ground out moves him to third in front of Chris Bryant. Swing and a line drive right center. Garcia not going to get that one. It's into Triples Alley. Bryant to second base for the run scoring double. And now it's a 2-1 to one ball game. They intentionally walk Justin Topa. That brings up Buster Posey. Swing and a number off the end of the bat. A fair ball. Bryant's going to come in and score. Belt will be held at third, and this game is tied. Just putting the ball in play by Buster Posey. Hits one right off the end of the bat. Pass Rowdy Telez at first, and we're back to even. 2-2 through 5. Brewers go down somewhat quietly in the top of the 6th. Bottom of the 6th inning, Daniel Norris comes on. He pitches a scoreless frame, so that takes us to the 7th inning. New pitcher into the game for the Giants is Dominique Leon uh, with two outs. Lorenzo Kane walks, and then that brings up a pinch hitter in Jackie Bradley Jr. Two balls and two strikes. Here's the pitch to Jackie. It's a chopper between first and the pitcher, and the toss from Belt to Leon is wide, and it's going to roll into foul territory, and Lorenzo Kane's going to end up at third. They rule it a base hit and then also an air that allows Kane to go to third. That ends the day for Leon. New pitcher is Jose Alvarez, and he faces off against Jace Peterson. The pitch, line drive into left field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Kane will waltz home. Bradley stops it second, and Jace Peterson gives the Brewers a 3-2 lead with a two-out RBI single here in the top of the seventh inning. Brad Boxberger comes on to pitch the seventh inning for the Brewers, has a scoreless frame. Then in the eighth, with Devin Williams down, it is Jake Cousins who comes on to pitch. First battery faces is Buster Posey. He strikes out, but then gives up a booming double to Lamont Wade. Would have been a home run in many ballparks. Instead, it is a double, so he's on at second. And then Brandon Crawford walks. So runners on at first and second, one out in a one-run game, and Austin Slater at the plate. And the pitch. Struck him out with a slider. A beauty right there. And Cousins gets out number two. And it brings up Tyro Estrada. The 3-2 pitch. Ground ball to short. Adamas charges field. Throws in time. Estrada is out. And Cousins again gets out of a jam. John Brebbia on to pitch for the Giants in the top of the ninth inning. Brewers leading by a 3-2 score, and the first batter of the inning is Lorenzo Kane. Kane rips one towards left. Back at the warning track at the wall. It's off the top of the fence, and did it stay in play? It did. Lorenzo Kane is going to end up at second base, and the Brewers are going to take another look at this one. Indeed they are. Did it touch the fan's hand? It did touch the fan's hand. That ball would have hit on top of the fence and gone over the fence had it not touched the fan's hand. And they are going to give Lorenzo Kane a home run. Good challenge by the Brewers. Lorenzo Kane with his second home run in as many days. It's a 4-2 lead for the crew. 
Not done yet. Colton Wong reaches on an air. Jace Peterson gets a base hit. Runners on at first and second for Willie Adamas. Adamas, a bullet in the left, a base hit. Wong's going to come in and score with ease. Peterson is on his way to third. He is going to be held at third base. It's an RBI double for Willie Adamas. 5-2 Brewers. If they get one more run, you're probably not seeing Josh Hader in the bottom of the ninth, but it is a 5-2 game in the bottom of the ninth, so Hader comes on. First batter he faces is Kurt Casale. Hader again sets his pitch. Struck him out with a high fastball, 98 on the radar gun. One out, and Darren Roof walks, so runner on at first for Chris Bryant. Hader throws. Struck him out. Threw him a changeup at 90 miles an hour, and he strikes out Chris Bryant. And as Bryant goes back to the dugout, looks up to the scoreboard to look and see what kind of pitch that was. Roof goes to second on defensive indifference as Brandon Belt is at the plate. Here's the stretch in his 0-2 pitch. He struck out Brandon Belt, and the ball game is over. 5-2 the final. The Brewers have taken the first three from the Giants here in San Francisco. Brewers go to 82-52, and 52, while the Giants, they drop to 84-49, and 49, falling a half game back in the National League West. Brewers, five runs, ten hits, no errors. They leave ten for the Giants. Two runs, eight hits, three errors. They also leave ten. Winning pitcher Daniel Norris, he is two and three. The loss to Dominic Leone drops to three and three. Josh Hader, the save, is 29th of the year. Home runs, just one of them. Home run, singular. Lorenzo Cain hitting his seventh. The game lasting three hours and 45 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 21,189 folks at Oracle Park. Brewers get the 5-2 win over the Giants. When we come back, we'll preview the series finale, get you some scores from around baseball, and get on out of here and uh, call it a morning. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers have taken the first three from San Francisco. They win by a 5-2 score. A quick text message from Mitch and Sturgeon Bay says Josh Hader may not end, being the, uh, might not end up leading the league in saves, but these late runs, the crew score, allows him a lot of games off, which may be great if they go deep in the playoffs. How many times do you think he's warmed up just to sit back down? I don't have the exact number. At least a half dozen times. At least six times, if not more than that. It's been, it has been a very normal thing. And they were very close to doing it uh, once again tonight. But they come up one run short. So Hader gets in there, and he's able to uh, close it out. Around the National League Central, Cardinals and Reds played a split doubleheader today. Cardinals take game one by a 5-4 score. But then the Reds come back with a 12-2 win in the nightcap as Nick Kyle Castellanos had a huge game, six RBIs, a couple home runs, but the Cardinals do end up taking two of three in that series from Cincinnati. Cubs shut out the Twins by a 3 nothing score. They get all three runs on one swing of the bat as Frank Schwindel had a three-run home run for the Cubs. And the Pirates lose to the White Sox by a 6-3 score. Max Kranich got the start coming up from AAA, went four and two-thirds innings, giving up five runs on eight hits. So this is the look right now at the NL Central. Brewers lead in the division 
Ten and a half games. Cardinals are 13 games back. Uh, the Reds are the second place team. By the way, the National League West has a new leader between the Giants losing to the Brewers and the Dodgers defeating the Braves. Uh, and the Dodgers have just rolled through the Braves in this series. Uh, they, they've won all the games. Uh, all, they swept through them. Dodgers now have a half game lead in the National League West. Dodgers are 85 and 49. The Giants are 84 and 49. As far as the National League wild card standings go, uh, the Giants are holding that top wild card again. The second place team in the National League West will get the uh, first wild card in the National League, but it continues to be a wild race for the second wild card. No pun intended. The Reds are holding that second wild card here at the moment, uh, but the the lead over the Padres is just a half game, and then the Philadelphia Phillies and the St. Louis Cardinals are two and a half games back. So you have four teams within two and a half games of each other, all contending for one final playoff spot. Of all the playoff races, that's about as good as it gets because there's so many teams that are involved there. The National League West race is going to be good. The National League East race is good, where the Braves lead uh, the Phillies uh, by two, and those are kind of the big races here at the moment. Brewers and Giants are going to wrap up their series by playing afternoon baseball coming up on Thursday. Eric Lauer is going to get the start for the crew. The left-hander will come into the game with a 4-5 and five record, a 3.61 ERA. Logan Webb goes for the Giants, 8-3, 2.65 ERA, 245 first pitch. That means our coverage begins at 210. I'll talk to you tomorrow night at 8 o'clock from Summerfest for Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ.